Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants who work with me to help me build stronger, healthier, better versions of food businesses. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for over 25 years now. We're taking you behind the scenes in my business to meet some of them. This podcast episode has lots of energy in it. Troy Johnson is the founder of Juicy Jerk and he is an incredibly passionate and motivated person who is hardworking and full of energy and I was lucky to meet him a few years ago and then to have been able to do some work with him so that I've been able to see the journey that he has been on with the business. He is very aware too of the opportunities that he has had and the encouragement that he's had from his family and is determined to show up as somebody who can support other young black people into their own food businesses and and to show them that there is a way to do things and to be able to support them in that. He talks in this episode about his own experience of working with Waitrose when he was studying and how good management and good relationships with them meant that he stayed in that job for six years and how he has carried that on into his own business. This is a great story and there's a lot in it about how these guys had to pivot and really think on their feet last year but how taking those opportunities from the pandemic opportunities is possibly the wrong word but you know there were choices they had to make and they made those choices as a result of that their business has gone in a different direction and been able to take that opportunity as it presented itself to them but it required them to have the courage to step into something new. So it's a great episode and I'm going to let you listen to it now. How would you describe your job to other people? What do you tell folk you do? Um, Well I am the founder of Juicy Jerk. Me and my brother joke sometimes to say we're babysitters but um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I manage the day-to-day operations of Juicy Jerk, which is a Caribbean food business based in London. Right. And uh, so you're looking after marketing and social media and do you get involved in what staff are in what day or or is that more your brother's area? So what it is, my brother takes the role more of the head chef. So he's yeah. actually more in the kitchen now. Uh, when we both started, it was it was just me and him in the kitchen. So yes. I still do. <laughs> and you're have, still speaking. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> I still do have some some skills in the kitchen, but uh-huh. um, my brother does take that lead role now. I'm Good. more like, as you said, the background, um, like more of the marketing stuff, making sure the rotors are okay, making sure like just yeah, the daily runners of the business, getting the business uh, working, yeah. not running. How do you think your family and friends describe what the two of you do? Do they think you're just having one big party? <laughs> Literally, or? yeah. A few, a few years ago, they, my mum would... It's actually funny. My mum would ask me, when are you getting a real job, Troy? Because I went to university. 
And when I started doing Juicy, she was like, okay, well, what, what is this? But I, f- I feel like now she definitely realises that. <laughs> it- <laughs> I would be nearly 30 years old and I think my parents would probably <laughs> ask the same question. Like, when you get a real job? My, everybody else in my family has done very obvious things like mm. trained as a pharmacist mm. and then became a pharmacist or yeah, trained as an accountant and became an accountant. So when you say, I'm going to do a food degree and it was all a bit all over the place anyway. And then you go on to do different things and work for yourself. And I have conversations sometimes and I'm sure they're thinking, yeah, mm. probably it's not, could. it's not a typical route, but yeah. No, go, go and get yourself, go and get yourself a real job now. <laughs> the other, the other problem I find is cause my office is at home. A lot of folk think you're around. So friends will say, we're all meeting for coffee at half 11 if you want to come. And I'm like, no, right <laughs> in the middle of my day, do you know, no chance. Yeah, and true. when I kind of go, yeah, I could do a week on Friday or something, they're like, you know, I think they, they struggle with that because they don't really understand that it's still full on and full time and everything. Is, and yours true, certainly is. Because what hours does your business trade? So we have a delivery kitchen in Tucson, which is open from Wednesday to Saturday, 12 to 10. However, we do um, a lot of private catering and obviously with the nationwide kits as well. That's a weekly service. So (laughs) we're never really closed, really. No, so it's a seven day -day week. It's just that there are some days when you're not customer facing. And I think think that's important. I think that structure is Mm. important in everybody's business. I mean, I know I try to book calls with people in the afternoon so mm. that in the morning I can get big jobs done and out the way exactly, and things and I exactly, think exactly. otherwise you're just you're always busy but you're maybe not achieving what you're needing to yeah, to get it's through. True, it's true. I know too I have indoctrinated you into getting up at ridiculous hours early yeah, early know, in the morning and you're and you really find that useful though don't you? Yeah of course literally. It's a great thing. So what time do you normally get up? So I wake up, I try between 4.30 and 5.30. And then I know literally between that time and 9am, that's just my time where the the high concentration tasks and it literally has made a difference to the business. Yeah. So that's because there's nobody else from. looking for you at those it's times not, it's either. Not, you don't get the calls, you don't get the emails constantly popping up. No. But you know how it is. The email, When an email comes in, you do tend to kind of read it. So it can divert I your attention. I now have my computers that when it starts up, my emails mm. don't open. Okay, so yeah. I have to open them and I, I use Gmail and I've discovered a brilliant little app that allows me to write an email in Gmail without having to open my inbox because that's just, nice. you go in, <laughs> it's like the black hole. You go in to look for yeah, one thing and then you're you like, lost in there. <laughs> oh, I should probably answer that. And, and then before you know it, three hours have passed and you haven't done the thing that exactly. you actually set exactly. out to do. So you hit on the fact that you went to university. It wasn't food related what you did at UNITA. What did you study? Studied politics and media communication. So it wasn't got anything to do with food at all. But no, but I mean, it, it's, it it's business related. And it I mean, has politics it has, has to do with everything, doesn't it? Unfortunately, yeah, it does. It you does. Know? It does. Whether, whether you're engaged with it or not, it affects absolutely every aspect of your life. It's true. But the media communication side of it, I can see that you have that because, you know, because you're quite organised and structured about how you how you communicate about exactly. the business and who you communicate with. And mm. you, there are 
quite often articles about you and interviews and things, you know, so you are doing that effectively in a way that a lot of other businesses of your size wouldn't be doing. So yeah, it's true. So tell me how the food business started then. How did that, what what Um, caused that to happen? So we started the business in 2017 and at the time, I don't think I would even call it a business. So it was just like, me and my brother, we love to cook. My mother's always had us in the kitchen from a young age. Um, she's from Jamaica. So in our culture, cooking is just a massive, massive part of who we are. So yeah, from a young age, we've always been cooking. But what it was, if, like in 2017, in the summer, what we used to always do is get like the jerk pan out in the garden. Literally just have a barbecue, invite some of our friends, some of our family and... A lot of people would be like, this is like really good food. Like you guys should maybe try and do something with this. And yeah, literally we, we literally made a menu. I remember on the notes of my phone, literally jerk chicken and rice and peas, five pounds um, available for like three hours on a Wednesday. We used to, we used to do this for a few weeks and then from and that. And where would you promote that? Where so were that, you? that was on Snapchat and Instagram. Yep. So all social media, that's the only thing we kind of knew at the time. And then it literally picked up from there. We started serving customers we didn't know and then I think it got to a point my mom said yeah you guys have to go now because <laughs> there was so much demand outside our house it was just a bit crazy and, you, and you're taking over my <laughs> yeah, kitchen taking over the kitchen the neighbors are probably complaining but um that was definitely the initial spark and that was like six months later Brilliant. and I, I, yeah that's when I can and say and then tell me about finding premises and things because I know that is often something that people struggle with because landlords would love you to be a KFC or a, yeah, yeah, you course, know somebody like that true, who has the key money and all the the things that come with that. So how did you find your first premises? L- lucky for us, um, one of my good friends' mother owns a kitchen. So she, sorry, so she, yeah, so she literally helped us get get that and actually scaling the business to that stage is really hard because going from a, a, a house um like a, a residential business to an actual commercial business yes. is is a like change. a real massive change you've, you've got to now think about health and safety on another level you have to think about rent obviously when you're scaling you also have to think about maybe staff things like that yep um so it was so a, yeah, big, a big jump was, but she already had a kitchen so you had somebody to give you the blueprint of what you needed to do, is that what you or exactly. did she introduce you to your landlord then or 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 let you use the same place as she was? Yeah, so she introduced us to the landlord and then from then we took on that relationship, which was really, really cool. That's really good. Yeah, so I and that is that's a big part, isn't it, of what everybody has to do. Because there is a point you can be really busy at home one day a week doing stuff, but it's quite something then to commit to take the rain and to, you know, to commit to a, a site of your own and then have to, to, to run with that. And I know that's something that you've thought about since, that the, the two of you realise that not everybody has that support network that might make them go out and start a business and start a food business. And so last year, you obviously decided that you would like to help other food businesses too. So tell us what you decided to set up as a a response to to the Black Lives Matter movement, really. Yeah, of course. So 
following on from the events of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter last year, we it really hit home for me and my brother because a lot of feelings came to surface and not just in the food industry but like growing up as young black males in our in our communities unfortunately is not always the easiest um we've been brought up very well so we haven't experienced a lot of the hardships that a lot of um other people from my community have but given that you've you've had parents who've backed you and believed in you and pushed you and showed you the way and things too which is exactly but not everybody gets that advantage there's so many good ideas and businesses within the black community. And I feel like if given the right training, the right, even just seeing a black role model sometimes, that really makes just a difference. Just a bit of encouragement, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So we started to find, <laughs> starting to find definitely was something that we underestimated. The work that actually has to go into it is a lot. So we've definitely gone back to the drawing boards now. Um, and we are going to be relaunching this September with um, a new charity partner. So that's that's really good news. I even just think you guys being out there doing it, being role, are, means you're a role model. And I, mm. I was listening to a podcast recently where somebody was talking about, somebody telling them much later, you know, that they'd watched them at work and seen how they dealt with people mm. and seen how they behaved and how they planned and all those kind of things. And, you know, from the podcast, I often ask people, you know, who's influenced you most? And very often it's people that folks start with right at the mm, beginning of, course, of their of working course. life. When you're doing a Saturday job or something, mm. it's amazing who's it's watching, true. how it's you true, do actually. things. So we're all role models all the time. And I mm. think, you know, the fact that you've got staff means they're all getting a chance to see what you're yeah, doing. Exactly, exactly. You're sharing it with friends, you're talking you you were recently in speciality food magazine talking about what you'd done during the pandemic and things and i think that's really important because you're showing other people that you can do it and and how you can start realistically not putting yourself at risk not putting you know not racking up huge amounts of debt and things but doing it in a very measured way the way you can do it so i think i think you're already helping a lot of people by doing that. Thank you. So I think that'd be great. But certainly once you relaunch, you know, we'll certainly watch what you're doing and see if there's anything that we can contribute to that. And I would be happy to to help with it because you have a very positive outlook on things. You also, you get on with things, you know I mean? You and I have discussed (laughs) things, what we think you could do and, and, First of all, we met at a Wandsworth Council yeah, course, run event, a business event, which was a great thing. And I love events like that because mm. they allow me to meet people that I might not have met exactly, otherwise. Because exactly. I live in West London, you're in South London. It sounds mm. mad to people that are outside London, but it's probably quicker for either of us <laughs> to go to Birmingham than yeah, it is for us to try and get across London to see each driving. other. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, thank goodness the pandemic has taught us that Zoom and phones and things like that are just as effective. But we met there. A lot of good things came out of that night. A lot of people started groups and started mm. organisations. It was it was a good networking was, evening really where there were a lot of people in the room that could help each other. But also the businesses that were there looking for help 
we're actually helping each other too. And I think, you know, getting people together and getting them to set up those sorts of things is really important. It's really, yeah, it's really important because I feel like getting inspiration from people that are on the same level of you is really important as well as looking up to people further down the journey. I know because sometimes when people are further on in their journey, they forget about all the steps Mm, in between. Of course, of course. Or they'll tell you, we're using this bit of software. Yeah. You're like, and then when you look at it, it's like overwhelm. It's far too much (laughs) for what you're trying to do. You want to be, you know, you you want simpler things at that point. And other folk can help you much more then. So it is really good to be around a group of people, you know, and, and yeah, talk to other people yes. and things and and just seeing other businesses. And that's also what I think is good about you having a customer-facing business. You're getting all that feedback direct from customers. You're hearing from them on a day-by-day basis. So last year, we all had the year planned out. You knew what you were doing. We knew what we were doing. And then the <laughs> pandemic struck in March yeah, and exactly. we've had 15 months like we never could have thought. And I'm I'm always quite thankful that at the beginning of it all, we thought it might be a month, maybe two months, but we hadn't really realised that it might be way over a year. And even then, I think a lot of things will change forever. And even at the beginning, when folk were talking about there will be a new normal, I don't think you could really get your head around that. But so much has changed and about the way we do everything. I mean, I don't know when last I paid cash for something because you're so used to (laughs) using your phone and my 87-year-old mother uses Google Pay as if it's quite normal. (laughs) For her now it is. And she'd been with a friend the other day for lunch and she'd used Google Pay and they were like, what are you doing? But, you know, I just think stuff like that, isn't going to go back the way the people that have discovered online shopping and things are not. No, so much things have moved online now. Because you've filled that time with other things too. You haven't got that time to, you know, give it up and go back the way. So the pandemic struck first 12 weeks, you weren't even allowed to trade, were you? You just had to shut totally. Yeah, we just had to close. Um, Luckily we have a delivery only platform so that kind of was our lifeline yes. in the pandemic um a lot of food businesses had to shift to that model yes but luckily like you were for already us, on it yeah it was it was but um it's funny you say that because just before the pandemic we was trading at um box park and Mercato metropolitano which were like quite big street food markets yep. in london yep as soon as the pandemic hit we we had to leave those those sites just because it it wasn't um because yeah, well, there wasn't any food yeah, and they weren't allowed to be open where they are. Exactly. It didn't make any sense for us. So no. we had to go back to that delivery only model. But just surviving on that alone with like Uber Eats Commission, delivery, it's, it's a lot. So as a small business, it's it, really hard to it's sustain. It's fine when it's a bit of the mix. Exactly. Well, it's not exactly. fine, but you can well, yeah, manage it. it. it, may, yeah, it but when it's suddenly all you're doing, then those commissions and things can be really yeah a killer, yeah. can't they? Even though you were busier, you're still... So, I mean, I guess part of that is you need to work out your costs, assuming that everybody is a delivery customer. Yeah, it's true. And then you'll get better returns on the ones that aren't yeah. or, or a nobody eats customer, you know what I mean? But, but, I mean, thank goodness these things existed because for, for those of us that couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get out and wanted to eat and wanted to eat something different, but then the next thing for you was meal kits, and and sending out meal kits. Can you talk us through that? Because you kind of you went a few different ways looking at how you would do it and things and before you settled on the route you took. 
we was going to work with a third party company um, with the milk kits because it was something quite revolutionary at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't know anything about it, but it looked really cool. After like communications broke down with that company, we really still wanted to do the idea because there was a really big gap for like good Caribbean food that could be essentially delivered nationwide. So yeah, we kind of launched it. A lot of trial and error. It was really hard because it's like doing something like completely brand new. Totally Um, new. But I mean, I, I think that right from the off, it looked very professional. mm, mm. All your um, marketing materials that were in the box all, you know, the way it was packaged and everything gave you confidence when you opened the boxes about who had prepared your food and things. And That's I good. mean, I always wonder about other people, but I won't buy online food or mm. takeaway food unless mm. I have an idea about that business. Of course, of and course. We have a, a Vietnamese place that delivers only near us and it, I, it took me a while to realise that they're actually only open till eight at night. And so sometimes I would go in the app and they wouldn't be there. Mm. And I was thinking, are they getting shut down because they've got <laughs> bad hygiene ratings or something? Do you know, like, what is going on? Why is it there? Why is it not? Yeah, it's like that these days. Yeah, you know, and so I went in and I was like, okay, steal yourself because I have to tell you, I love their food. And mm. I went on to have a look at their hygiene rating because I thought, this isn't good. That's it. And they've got a five, but it is just the trading hours that were catching me out. So some nights at five o'clock, I would think, okay, I'm going to have Vietnamese for dinner. And Mm. they do a rice bowl with rice and and a nice fresh tasting meat or veg and salad and things that I love. And it's not too bad for you. And Mm. it's got loads of veg and stuff in it. And it comes with bean sprouts and things. I just, it it makes me feel like I've had a healthy meal. Yes, yes, substantial meal. And so I was quite relieved when it was in fact nothing to do with how they were trading. But I do think when you don't know a brand, when you get that box and it has, you know, the menu, the instructions were super. And I mean, I know the first time I went through them, I was like, no, I don't know about that. I think, Mm. you know, your cooking times maybe needed a bit of a tweak or, and that's a dangerous thing because you don't want to tweak it too much one way but on the other hand you also don't want folk to be eating stuff that has <laughs> dried out or you know either way so it is really important but I think you know the photography you did with it and everything and then seeing people's comments coming in on your social media and I mean now when you do uh an order because you do it towards the weekend that you send out and everything. I mean, how how many orders are you sending out in a day? Um, so it's dropped off a little bit because obviously, as expected, um, restaurants the relaxation, up, yeah, restaurants have opened up. But, but so at the peak, what were you doing? At the peak, we was doing about about one hundred and eighty a week, and it was just crazy. We had to open up it's a new production unit in our in the business centre that we're based yeah. in. And it was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Like, we was delivering to, like, Scotland, Liverpool. And, I mean, Cornwall. I think folk now are like, okay, we've got to get out because we've got to go out to support businesses that are out there and things. But I do think this will come back. And I know next week you're launching summer kits with barbecues and stuff in them. And, and I mean, I think... So you found a totally new audience. Now, too, with your social media, you know, as you look at, okay, how do I reach... 
all those different parts of the country, people people who n- never have the opportunity to have Caribbean food because there are areas of the country where yeah, obviously there isn't, you know, there isn't that, that opportunity for them. So there is a great market still, you know, and although since folks started eating out in restaurants again and trying to build up support for restaurants again, yeah. it may have tailed off a bit, but I still think there's a massive opportunity or even if it shifts and it becomes a midweek meal kit or a, yeah, you know, course, because I, I do think people are still looking for those kind of things and having got yeah, used to are. them, they're not going to go back the way. And we're all spoiled a bit because we're in London. There's so much on our doorstep, but a lot of folk don't get that Yeah, they don't get the access. It's true. It's and, true. you know what I mean? Certainly Deliveroo and Uber Eats are never going to make it to some of those places either. Mm. So mm. I think we can forget that, but I think that there are a lot of opportunities. So obviously for you, looking at how you market your services out and, and tell more folk about it. And it's amazing that from a small base in South London, you can be sending stuff, yeah. you know, all over the UK. And it completely has given you a new business model, changed yes, your business yes, model yes. in a way that you never would have thought about if the pandemic hadn't exactly, happened. So, exactly. And I think it's good because you changed quickly. You realised what wasn't coming back. You got yourself out of the sites that relied on your footfall. Yeah, exactly, you, exactly. You stepped up your, your delivery of, of local deliveries, but then you also looked at how you can add this new new stuff to it what's next what's your next what's up your sleeve for next so as you said we are literally still going to be focusing on the milk kits um eventually we do look to turn our platform into a whole e-commerce platform so you can go to our website and order different meals different drinks like desserts so it'll be like a nice destination for Cari- <laughs> caribbean <laughs> food even like the, yeah. the vegan box we've got a vegan yeah. box launching i know we've been talking about that when that yes. launches that's going to be amazing so and i think that was a real that was stepping outside your comfort zone for you because you were like what if folk don't come to us for vegan yeah. food and i'm it's like yeah because caribbean food I mean, it's the meat, you love your meat on the bone. Exactly. I mean, it's as far away from vegan as you can imagine. But then vegan food relies on great flavours. Caribbean food has amazing yeah, flavours. Yeah, a lot of a lot of vegetables. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and, you know, I think too there's that thing that if there's one, I mean, I know we have a member of our family who's celiac, so the, the discussion normally is where can he get something to eat? Mm. And then... That dictates where we all eat. Okay. Either that, or if it, if we're eating out with my brother with the young kids, then it's where would the kids get colouring in kits, or <laughs> you know whatever it is. It's funny, <laughs> but there's always somebody in any group that leads it. And I think if there is somebody that is vegan or vegetarian, and there's not an option for them, then you very often will lose mm. a, a family of sixes order yeah. because they'll yeah, have to go true. somewhere else. I mean. Now with home delivery, it's easier for different people to order different things, you know, yeah. from different places because there's not, it's not like when you used to order from the Chinese and there was a £30 minimum delivery or, you know, that sort of thing. You don't get that now with with those. So you can do, but most people want to go to that go one with one person. Yeah, so of course, of course. I think once you've got, 
vegan and vegetarian, then that'd be great. I can't yeah, wait. To that's good. That's good. See and, the news um, about that coming out. That'd be great. So yeah, that's the that's the plan for the for the rest of the year, and we should be opening up a new site in the summer. But that's not confirmed yet. But no. hopefully, hopefully, you should see something about that very soon. Good. Great. And then so we'll be looking towards Christmas and everybody will be wanting party kits and exactly, who better exactly. than Christmas a, a Caribbean business to organise your Christmas party. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, I mean, we, there's so much, isn't there? There's there is, just, there is. There you know, because I mean, I think you're culturally, I mean, you are both Caribbean and British. Yeah. So you've got that real mix, but there is a real hospitality and sharing of food within Caribbean cultures. Yeah, exactly. It's, what, it's literally that, our culture. That isn't instinctively necessarily in British culture either. Mm. So I think that's a really great mix. And, and you are, you know, the, the people to go to if people <laughs> want that that sort of experience and things. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, think that, I think that's great. And it's great how you've managed to get that into your... You know, into into the you've captured that spirit in what you do, so that people can get that feeling. Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, that experience. We really try to to deliver that, so it's good that. Yeah, it's good that and you I think you know, I mean, I think a quick look at the website, even you know that, and the food photography and things on there is great, and so people know that they're going to get something good. We've talked a wee bit about you guys being role models for other people, but who inspires you? Who do you look at and think? I like um, or I don't like what I see them doing. Because <laughs> you can, you know, because it works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, it's it's funny because we've kind of grown. We've obviously had to bring on staff. And I've realised, like, having staff in your team is a very... Having that right company culture and treat... Our staff is like our family. Like, we're, yep. we've only got a small amount of staff, so it's nothing crazy. But no. it influences your business. So yep. it definitely had me thinking about my previous managers and what you were saying before, I used to work at Waitrose for about, it was a long time. I was, there, <laughs> I was there for about six years. But the reason why I was there so long is because I had a great manager, um, Natasha and Michael, and they literally just had such a like proactive way of um, leading and showing things. Yeah. But leading by example. And if, if, if you want to do something like you have to lead and show. Yeah. So I feel like I've kind of carried, I've tried to carry that on. With, with with the team and I think yeah that's that's and something I mean that's... your team isn't changing over regularly or anything so I think you've hit the right note so the only thing that's happening is your team is growing it's not yeah, you're not yeah. losing people so and I think that's important especially now when you hear folk talking about there being a shortage of staff that exactly. a lot of people have realized during the pandemic that they could maybe get similar wages but not live in London and not have London rents and mm, things. So yeah. I think some lower paid jobs are going to be harder to fill. Yeah. And I think that what will make that easier for companies is their company culture. Yeah. And definitely. how people feel about coming to work with you and Exactly. It makes a difference. It does. It makes a massive I, I started my work life with Greg's, the bakers, and nice. they had an amazing culture that came from Ian Gregg who just loved people and he I mean I when I knew him they had nearly a thousand shops and I could go around the business with him and he would say to me as we were approaching a shop the last time we were in that shop 
the manager was having a problem with one of her kids at school. How has that been resolved? Do you know? And I would think, I can't believe that you've got that many shops. And, yeah. you, and you know, and he would say yeah, something like that to amazing. me, and I would think, oh, you're right. I'd completely forgotten about yeah. it, you know. But he was really interested in people. And because of that, people treated the business like it was their exactly, business. Exactly. Which is exactly what you want. You know, they yeah. weren't just doing stuff because he was in the shop. They would do it. And we, we, at that time, the shops ran six days a week and they didn't run on a Sunday. And he was a big campaigner to stop Sunday trading, not for any other reason than he wanted to make sure that all his staff would always have a day at home with the rest of their family. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he bust people from Newcastle to London to protest outside parliament and things. I mean, he really pushed for it, but quite often staff would say to me, we come in on a Sunday because we can do a deep clean because we mm. don't get a chance to do a deep clean other days. You know I mean? They really did behave like that shop was their shop. Yeah, and, that's and important. Pe- pe- other customers would talk about going to, and they would say the name of the manager's shop, you know. So they also felt that feeling, which I think is important, you know, and they knew their local customers. And, and I think I think it, it is key. So it's great if you build that. Right it is at, definitely, right especially the, the industry that we're in as well. Hospitality yeah. is all about people. That's what ticks. That's it. Keeps us going, literally. So yeah. I heard somebody say the other day too that when we come back out of the pandemic, customers are going to be interested to know how businesses treated their staff during the pandemic, mm. Mm. and and I think that's right. I think you know the companies that put everybody made everybody redundant right at the beginning when they must still or should still have had some financial reserves and mm, things. Mm. I, I think, you know, folk will look differently at doing business yeah. with some of those businesses. So No, of course, of I course. Think that's good. Other role models, who else do you what do you read? What kind of stuff do you read that you like or what do you, um, whose podcasts are you listening to? <laughs> apart from mine, <laughs> I like. There's a guy called James English. Actually, he, yep. he does some really cool. Um, he interviews a, a very diverse range of people. That's really? that's a that's a nice podcast. It's good. It's I, I tend to take inspiration to from people around me. Literally, yep. just things like you teach me how to wake up early. Um, just yeah, just. Just general just things that things I feel that, that come up in conversation. Exactly, exactly. That's and that's, it could be from someone I meet tomorrow. It could be, yeah. yeah. That's not, that's really good. That's great. People often talk about stepping outside their comfort zone and they'll say, you know, if you're going to grow your business, you've got to step outside your comfort zone. What do you th- look at now that you really can't believe that you did? You know, is it? Uh, I mean, you're still very young, and you've got quite a young business. But when you, mm. even when you look back over the last four or five years, what do you think that surprises me? I never would have thought I was doing that. Me and my brother, we've never really been in this business for money. Um, I think if we was, we would be doing something else. But that's it's just like industry, unfortunately. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, it's like we started the business with five hundred pounds, and it's like to where we are at now four years later it's it's amazing like we can obviously not live a crazy life but we can obviously look after ourselves and our staff um and it's just seeing where we've come from four years ago to where we're at now it's just yeah it's amazing and it just gives us it gives us more drive that's great no i think that's really good and i think it is 
it's great that you didn't burden yourself with mad amounts of debt in the beginning mm, either. Of course, it's, it's and that there were people that you could ask about how they did stuff and how they geared up to yeah. coming out of your home kitchen and, and all of that sort of thing. I think that's really, it's great. And I mean, that's back to, isn't it? It's back to network yeah, and having that yeah. network around you and exposing yourself to people. And, you it's know, and, and I mean, Jenny Asama, who works for Wandsworth and Richmond Council, and has won awards for the way that she helps yeah, businesses Jenny's and amazing. things. She doesn't stop. She She's, doesn't stop. She <laughs> totally doesn't stop. She's incredible. <laughs> but you know, that also motivates me that when she does, asked me to do something, I would bend over backwards to help her because mm. she's always like so on it and mm. she really does deliver. And from, from her point of view, that comes from the fact that she really, she is doing what is her purpose. You know, exactly. she was it's, put it's, out there to help businesses. That hundred mm. percent is what excites her, and that really comes out in what she does. And I think that's yeah. an important thing for us all too. That if you're passionate about something, you can find energy and enthusiasm you can, you for can. it. You can. That you never would otherwise. There's a charity in in the business center where we're based in Trident Business Center called Business Launchpad. And they actually work sometimes with Jenny. And yep. what they've been doing with our business in the first two and a half years, they were coaching us, and they've been there every step of the way. So it's just yeah, it's just about finding the right people who are just in your corner, and yeah. it does make a difference. And it again, really does. who believe passionately in what they're exactly, doing, exactly, exactly, and so really want to help you. No, I think that's I think that's very true. Apart from your new boxes, which I'm sure you've been testing. What is the best thing that you've eaten recently? What else have you had that you've been excited by? I'm a fan of Japanese food, so I, I was very excited good, yeah. to to get back to the um to my favorite restaurant. Uh, it's just the whole. I love the mixture of like how the sushi is so fresh, and then you've got like the rabata grill, which is like yep. quite similar to the Caribbean cooking, cooking on like charcoal. Yep. And I just really like the mix of Japanese of those food. Those two so. things, I know. Yeah, I we, love the culture. Near here, there is um, an international school, a Japanese school. Okay. And nice. so because of that, there are a lot of Japanese people, which means great wet fish shops because they eat okay. a lot of fish so the quality yeah, of, of the fish is really good but there are some amazing Japanese restaurants and we had an intern at one point who mm. was from Tokyo and she said that the food in this restaurant in Ealing was better than Tokyo wow. so I'm always like <laughs> oh I've got to go there haven't been there you for a while Tokyo. yeah it was it was really, and, and I mean they do things like soft shell crab sushi so the Ooh, crab's hot cool. and the sushi's it, cold and it is Ooh. such a skill. It's an amazing <laughs> it is, thing, it isn't is, it? It is, it is, So, yeah, so lot, lots of sushi. That sounds good. Hmm. What would you say to people who were going to start a business like yours? What would you say, this is the thing that I wish I had done sooner, hadn't waited to do, or that somebody had told you as you were starting up? What What is the thing that has made a big difference to you that you wish you'd just started from day one? I would have... That's a good question, actually. It's just because, you know, with hindsight, you can always think differently. You know, sometimes you struggle to do something yourself for ages and then you give it mm. somebody else or something mm. you discover it's much easier if somebody else just does that for you. Yeah, it's true. I was just about to say that. So especially with startups, you tend to have to do a lot of things yourself. But totally. try and find people who, because there are people that will be better than you at something. So and even if it's from an early stage. Exactly, else. it's true. Like. 
um, that's something that we've actually been doing a lot recently, like, especially like with things like PR and stuff. Yep. But if you can definitely do that from an earlier stage, obviously, if you can, then yeah, yeah definitely I mean, do it. Definitely. There is that point at the beginning where your name is on every job title yeah. because <laughs> you just have to, because yeah. that's it, yeah. unless you want to yeah. borrow a huge amount at the beginning. But I think that's not, you know, you don't want to hold yourself back by not doing it. Yeah. But you equally yeah. don't want to burden yourself with a whole lot of debt and you need to be in among it and learn. But I also think if in that early stage when you're learning, you're looking, you know, when you're having to do everything, if you're looking at what is the best way to do this? Yeah. What is the simplest way to do this? How can I do this? How can I explain this to somebody else when they do it? So you're using that time when you have to do everything yeah to kind of write the instruction manual for when you can hand the thing over to other people yeah of course that's good i think you've got to have an understanding of what all the jobs are Mm. so that you know what you're asking other folk to do and you know how much time you think something should take somebody and yeah you know what you think is possible to achieve and things so I i don't think it's ever wasted Final question, if you could sum yourself up in three words, what would you say those three words are? Three words, so I'll say passionate, definitely, hardworking, and finally, resilient. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, I think these these are all very, very useful ones to have too, because, Mm. you know, it does make a big difference, doesn't it, to you? It does, If you can be flexible and, but I mean, I, I, I also, I mean, on passionate, I would say you are a hundred percent and you move at an amazing pace and you just get on with things and get them done and things. And I think Thank that you. all comes from you doing something that is right for you to do. Exactly, exactly. I found so, my purpose. So yes. Yep. It's, it's, you have it's good. That's great. It's good, it's good. Well, I'm excited about these new meal kits. But no, thank you very much for giving up your time. No, no problem. To, thank you for having me. Come and do that. And I'll speak to you soon. But, All right, thank, but you. thank you. Thanks very much. All right, thank you, Jane. Catch up soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the Food Business Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time.